Yes. Hello and welcome to round two of two, two, The Great two. Movie Showdown. Showdown. Tonight, showdown, showdown. we have Toy Story 3 once again versus Monsters, Inc. Once again. Once, well, I guess this is the first time that they're versing each other, but the two, uh, the well, two... We talk about them again. Yeah, two of the earliest Pixar properties, two of the, what I would probably say are the strongest Pixar properties, Toy Story and uh, Monsters Incorporated, going head to head. Well, this is Toy Story 3, so it's not as I The last Toy Story, Story standing. Yeah. Is it really? It is. Wait, did Toy it? Story 1 didn't make it through? No. Oh. No, it did not. What did, what did it lose to? Uh, Milan. Oh, well. Damn, that's rough. Huh. Yeah. Mulan wow. can defeat the Huns and Toy Story 2. Oh. Uh, well, so Toy Story 4 didn't make it either. No. No, no, no. We went with... Uh, wow. I think Tangled. that was me and Will voted that out. Yeah, yeah I hmm. think we both voted for Tangled. Okay, yeah. well, anyway, so clearly I don't listen to the episodes. I just fucking edit them. <laughs> but, yes. But, um... It's been a while. We're finally back. Yeah, it's been. It's all been... of our schedules have been all confusing and weird. But uh, yeah, we just had our spooky episode. Then these other two episodes come out, and now we're finally at round two. And this will uh, probably be released like sometime around Christmas. So no, no, no. This one will be out. This one will be out mid November. I know. I'm joking. I am. Yeah, working on two movie scripts with Matt and Will. Yeah. And then we'll have them show down <laughs> in about five years when they're released. Oh, wouldn't that be crazy to have redacted face off against redacted? Redact what is redacted? Well, because of like I can't say the titles of them. Oh, but what is they're still in development. What does redacted mean? It means like you know when uh when you pull out an FBI file and you look at it and there's like black marker oh got it erase like making certain parts illegible yeah that's what redacted is got it okay cool <laughs> anyway uh thanks so much for joining us tonight on the great movie showdown round two um episode one of round two i guess we can just say round two we don't have to well but there's going to be more episodes in round two yeah and then we'll so this is round two. Episode two, I guess, of round two. Uh, or I, I guess we could call round. it episode 18 yeah, or 17. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I labeled it as for the for the Zencaster. Yeah. So here's episode 17, the great movie showdown, episode one of round two. Man, these are really difficult to label. Why do we have to do a freaking tournament style thing? How do they do it normally with sports? How do they label the episodes of sports? <laughs> you know, funny enough, you say that. Um <laughs> Soccer is back, European soccer, and I've been watching oh. a lot of uh, Wait, Champions League. Wait, is European soccer or football? It's well, it's football to them, but we call it soccer in America. Uh. And they've actually been labeling each match on the CBS Sports app. I've been noticing that, and they go mm -hmm. by like numbers where, like, match thirty-three just played of like this. So that's how they're doing it. It's funny that huh. you say that. So, 
So yeah, just do it by let's just follow the Champions League and how they're doing it. That's what they also call series, or they also call different seasons series in um in England. So it's like, oh, here is series six of Doctor Who coming out now. Oh, series seven of Doctor Who. That was the one with the with Matt Smith. No relation to our Matt Smith. Zach, I think we just lost our entire British audience due to your terrible accent. Anyway. What? Dude, I love Doctor Who. I actually haven't watched Doctor Who in probably the last... I'm sure there are... Four years? ...of Brits who just groaned. That would just be my family. But I I promoted (laughs) the podcast to them and they didn't respond. Uh, Uh, Well, keep trying. Why don't you record a good podcast, Matt? (laughs) Three grown men talking about Disney films. (laughs) (laughs) I just just don't love that that, that that's how your dad reacted to the show. Three grown men talking about Disney. Fucking believable, Matt. Get out of my face, Matt. Which one do we want to talk about first? (laughs) Oh, can we uh, go over the categories real quick? Yeah, 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 Matt. Drop those categories. We're going to talk about first, and I was going to kind of use that as a segue, Matt, to go ahead and get you to say, all right, and to avoid us repeating ourselves, or at least we're trying as a collective unit, not to talk about the same shit over and over again. So, it's, Fun fact about segues. It's funny that you say we pick a movie that we're going to talk about first, because here is the thing, Mr. William Goodnell. Oh, we're dropping middle, it blind. Whatever your middle name might be, Michael. Oh, Tweet at us. What is do you think Michael? Will's middle name is? is Michael? Let my middle name forever live in infamy. Let yeah. the audience give me my middle name. If we can get to 1,000 listens, Will re- will reveal his middle name. <laughs> On the season finale of the Great Movie Showdown. <laughs> you do. <laughs> okay. So anyway, what we're going to do, and apparently I have to explain this to Will as well. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Well, I, maybe... Okay, well, come on. Okay. Let's just let's just say what it is. <laughs> so basically, I've been like pondering this whole entire time. Like, it's gonna get really repetitive talking about whatever movie makes it to the final five times. So on the second rounds and yeah. throughout, like maybe we can change it on the third round. But I I think I kind of like this format. I mm-hmm. was thinking of just using these categories, and basically we just go through each category and we only talk about the two movies up against each other. So we're like always comparing the two movies. So that way it's strictly like talking about them together. So the content yeah. will be, will be different. Concise. So like, if we're, yeah, if we're going to be talking about like the main characters, then we'll talk about Woody and Buzz compared to Mike and Sully, like which relationship do you like better? And like, stuff like that and it's strictly like you're comparing the two so we're not talking about one movie because so like the point of our first episode was just to get everything out that we wanted to talk about and that's why they're so long and then this one we're just gonna like compare them and that was my idea i thought i said that to you guys enough but maybe i didn't say it like clear enough or maybe you know what last time we did we recorded an episode it was probably like three or four weeks ago so yeah. maybe you guys forgot maybe i wasn't clear enough nothing against you guys but that's my original plan <laughs> okay matt got that off his chest so does that sound all right that sounds great Perfect. Okay. i actually kind of tuned out but i'm what? back in there. well no like 
I know that there's a list and I know that we're going to like go over both of the things compared to one another. So yeah, let's, let's do, do that. It. First category of comparison first. Okay, okay. Main characters. So you wanna want me to oh I gotta list all the categories, right? Yeah. Well no, didn't okay. you already do that? Uh no, I don't think we did. So our ten categories oh, that we're gonna be using to discuss. It's gonna be main characters, side characters, villain, or with uh monsters incorporated villains. I guess I should just say villains. I'm gonna add a S for next time. Plot oh, Lord. voice acting animation music slash score either or i know pixar's don't really pixar's pixar movies don't really <laughs> do the music too often way to Let's shame uh what's his name coco uh no, no the guy uh, randy newman i was oh, almost I'm said Ryan Nelson, oh. and i'm like how can i well, forget I'm, yeah there's a bug who gives a shit no one cares <laughs> stupid <laughs> bug all Move right, after we score. Uh, uh, setting, emotional response, and cultural impact. Nice. Uh, all right, so obviously starting at the top of said list, we have our main characters. Main characters. How do they stack up? So um, let's, let's like actually figure out our main characters first. Well, Monster. we already know the main characters. For the audience yeah. who's listening, I hope all five of you understand that Toy Story mainly revolves around Woody and Buzz Lightyear, and Monsters, yeah. Inc. goes around Mike Wazowski and Sullivan. So, so here's, where the, here's where the discussion happens. Would you consider yeah. Boo a main character? Yeah. Well, I sure. would consider her a catalyst. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, if we're going to continue like, to kind of branch off, if we're going to branch off, you could say like Toy Story main character number three would have to be, I think like by the time we get Jessie. to Toy Story three, it'd be Jesse. Jesse's had a, she has a pretty nice arc. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I want to say Mr. Potato Head's got some good moments in this one. I don't think, I don't, I don't think he's a main character. That's where we get to the side character. <laughs> I love the idea of him being, oh, so what if, uh, what if the writers start liking me more? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be a main character. You gotta push me out of a window too? What are you? You gotta, gotta write me out of the movie too? The movie? <laughs> oh my God. All right. But I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like it's really just those two characters. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Only, yeah. Because it's main characters, we can get to the yeah, other. Yeah, and I mean, it's particularly characters. with like these films, it's the buddy, like with Toy Story and uh, Monsters Inc. It's your your buddy film. Your two, your two. All uh, right, so I wanna I wanna kind of throw in a little bit of tension to this discussion. Go ahead and say, uh-oh. which buddy like best Ooh. friend relationship do you feel more like on screen? Do you feel like Toy Story three does it better or Monsters Inc. Obviously, Monsters Inc. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Because Toy Story three kind of, and we went over this in our last discussion. Uh, some of you guys, if you've actually listened to our episodes, if you're just joining us, I'll go ahead and repeat it very briefly. Um, Toy Story three kind of does away with the Buzz and Woody relationship, and they kind of do this thing where each film, it seems like Buzz gets like reset or gets like an old version of himself. I think in the second film, in this yeah. one, he they actually reset him to his factory sandwich. settings. And he, doesn't believe he's a toy anymore so like the whole relationship with him and woody isn't really it's there. really weird it's unclear how uh because that 
implies that there is some kind of like artificial memory chip inside of Buzz. Yet the other toys <laughs> that don't toys. have computer chips in them also have some kind of memory in them. I don't know. It's yeah. unclear. It is. Oh, it's um, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Posed some interesting questions for our toy universe. But yeah. as far as uh, Monsters Inc., I think it the whole point of the film, like the selling point, the I think actually the stronger catalyst, not just Boo, but it is Mike and Sullivan's and Mike and Sully's relationship and Absolutely. how that gets tested. And, you know, Mike just wanting to like get all the accolades in the building kind of doesn't want any trouble, but Sully having that big old heart, you know, wanting to take care of Boo. And yeah. So like there, there is that our main characters, I guess the other thing in now is like, who do we who do we actually like more? And this is interesting because obviously we can't separate Woody and Buzz from the other sequels at this point. Well, I mean, you say that we can't separate Woody and Buzz, but it seems like the entirety of the Toy Story franchise has been based on separating Woody and Buzz. Okay. Well, no, I was going to say, Matt, just like you said, it's like for this sake, for the sake of this discussion, I think it is important that we do separate them and just look at what the writing and what the characters actually did in this film. Like how was their relationship and, or how were they, how they come across. And once again, I think the negative column goes to Toy Story three with the fact that they just seem to always separate Buzz and Woody. And so like Buzz doesn't really get a whole lot to do except to be like a, a third act villain. And then he, he does a comedy bit where he's the Spanish Buzz for a little bit. And I don't know. I you keep just thinking can't... of Toy Story 2. I know we're talking about Toy Story 3, but I just keep thinking of scenes from Toy Story 2. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the airport scene and the uh, like the bad Buzz with the utility belt. And oh, yeah. Zerg. And I'm like, why are these the scenes I'm thinking of? Uh, well, because I keep wanting to say, no, Will, that's a different buzz. The one thing I will say, though, that they did really well is that you wouldn't get to have that kind of payoff that they've been setting up since Toy Story 2 between Jesse and Buzz, like their little love connection, because Buzz gets reset and then Spanish Buzz, who's like much more of a... Uh, Don Juan, little smooth talker, he kind of acts as Buzz Lightyear's id, and so he's immediately acting upon the Buzz as we know his 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 emotions oh. and like how he's in love with Jesse, and and Jesse sees that, and so like they they by the end of the film obviously are, I guess like toy boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever, and it's really sweet the way the movie. Funny goes that out. you mention that, Will, because Don Juan is a Spanish name. Oh my god. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> thank you, Matt. So anyway, um, yeah, I think like what if we're just talking about these two movies? Yeah, Mike and Solly are like majority there of the movie. They're together. Yeah, while, like, and I feel like that makes that that character like buddiness stronger when they're together yeah it does absolutely just by pure proximity because you also have these characters who get to like they have so many great scenes and when you have these deferring characters and scenes together you get Mm -hmm. to have this playful banter like when boo is in the apartment and they're freaking out like that whole comedy bit um and then they're great kind of uh i guess climactic fall falling out um up in the himalayas uh with that hilarious uh, <laughs> Yeti. <laughs> I feel like the Yeti is still, still one of the strongest. Uh, oh, what's his name? Is that Ratzenberger? 
Yeah, yeah, Ratzenberger, baby. John yeah, Ratzenberger. Yeah. But we're yeah. not talking about side characters right now. <laughs> all oh right, God. all right, all right. I'm just saying, like, the, the dialogue between the two of them yeah. there, like, it, it, it is stronger. And then the obviously, snowballs. right, you know, with the snowballs. Um, but I was also going to say, and then the end of the film, obviously Toy Story 3, the focus of the main characters is, you know, oh, we're going to get, what is it? Actually, what is it? Just get out of that uh, that daycare, get back to Andy, Andy. And then the whole thing is um, Woody is going to go off with Andy to college. So even then, the film's like letting us know they're not going to be together anymore. But then Woody makes a choice to be with the other toys and stay with yeah. them. And they all get traded to Bonnie and it's really sweet and it's endearing. But it's not the main focus of the of the film. So if we're just talking about main characters, once again, Buzz kind of gets the short shrift, whereas Woody gets all this emotional, like heavy lifting. But I would say Monster Zinc gets it in the plus column because you have that great point of the film where Mike, who's been a bit of a dick, but he's a lovable dick the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I don't literally think he goes through every piece of wood. Of well, I'm saying he goes through every piece of wood from that shredded door and builds yeah. that door back up for his best friend, and it's an awesome scene. Like, and it's it's to me, it's like the it's the biggest payoff for the whole film. Well, so Wait, a bigger payoff than the post credit sequence of put that thing back where it came from <laughs> or still help me. Yeah. We get the, uh, the company production too. Like, it's so great. It's like an office <laughs> performance. I love it. It's so good. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I have to say, even though the after credits certainly deserves this due deserves mentions. No, I think that entire ending to me is one of the best endings to any movie animated or otherwise ever. Yeah. You get that great emotional gut punch of like, wow, Mike really did it. He made him that door. And then that you never see Boo again. You just hear her when he, when Sully walks through the door and just looks in and smiles. And you just hear her say kitty. And kitty. Then black. My God, that's amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, I think for my vote for this category, I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like Mike and Sully definitely. Yeah, Mike and Sully. Plus, they have that song at the end of the movie where it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, I wouldn't be nothing if I didn't have you. Yeah. So, to respond to your comment you made like a minute and a half ago, <laughs> um, I actually don't think Mike was like a dick the whole entire movie. I yeah. think he was just thinking logically and he didn't have a connection with the kid and he was just thinking about like, like uh just basically like saving their lives and right. having their lives be normal right while while mike was like or while solly was like cared about the kid and wanted to do the right down, thing yeah bring down like mike wanted to or uh solly wanted to go all eric snowden on the company <laughs> what a reference! I mean, they were doing some pretty messed up stuff, man. Well, Randall's doing like this extracted thing. Like, leaks. It makes me that feel better about the American government now. I know that that's going on in Monsters Incorporated. Oh my gosh, they're just, they're just spying on us, right? I mean, Guantanamo, uh, Abu Ghraib. You know, oh, oh. waterboarding. Oh, no when you that up. Oh, oh never mind. from Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I, I was actually just thinking of the NSA, the Snowden reference. But when you bring up all the other terrible things, well, that's what I was. That's the only equivalent to me. Like he's literally torturing a, these people to death. I mean, like they that one machine was turned up max volume. That on was the, a like, terrifying a machine. Little henchman oh, guy. The, he's like pure pale. Like he's so pale. Yeah. Like oh shoot, what was out. his name? 
I can't remember, but he was oh. a it's like a yeah, Randall's type. mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna look up the uh it was like really, Cretan or something. It's just really sad because you gotta imagine like that was some pretty dark insinuation there. Like I how know. are they extracting these screams? Oh, they're they that looks like it would kill somebody. Like I wait a minute. They died. Guys, Monsters Inc.'s in theaters. I know, I saw that. What? It's in like Tampa. Do we want to go see it? <laughs> I just saw it recently. So in theaters? No. I mean, I'm good. Wait. I've seen it in theaters. Wait a minute, guys. You remember last time we talked about Monsters, Inc. And I said, uh, look on <laughs> oh, Google. <no>. And <laughs> and it'll it had like Mike, but with Sully's face on it. Oh, yeah. That has since been fixed, but there's a new character on there. Oh, God. And it's Rex, played by Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> they threw no, like Rex from Toy Story is listed as a character in Monster Inc. on the Google page. Oh, maybe hey. he comes up as like uh, as a toy in Boo's room. Or no, yeah, maybe but he he's still a wouldn't be voiced. He's no, he's not. He's not because he's voiced by Wallace Shawn or Wallace Shawn. Sorry. Hey, I'm about it, man. I'm here for it. Yeah, um, so I think strictly in this movie, or between these two movies, I would say Mike and Solly is better. I still like yeah. love Woody and Buzz, like their relationship right. throughout. But I think like you can't really beat the Mike and Solly relationship. Nope. And All I right. think, and I remember when we first talked about it. I think that was our first episode. Yeah, it was. No, this was our second episode. No, uh, sorry, Toy Story 3 was our first episode. That was our first episode, yeah. Yeah. Wow, seems so long ago. I remember saying that that was like Woody's movie. Like, that was him, like, doing the right thing always. Also, the character's name was Fungus, played by Frank Oz. Oh, God. Yeah. The red. He acted like a fungus. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Zach, your main character picks? Um, You mean as far as which duo I liked better? Uh huh. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I got to go with Mike and Sully. Just they just feel yeah. so classic. Like I really like Buzz and Woody in Toy Story One. Yeah, I feel I don't know. No, you're with right. Toy Story Three. I I it just feels like so much time has gone by, and it's like the relationship's weird, and the world is weird, and it makes me ask myself all these questions that I feel like don't relate in the real world with Mike and Sully. I feel like I can look at them and be like, okay, these are these characters and like they feel way more relatable. They feel like two coworkers that got in over their head and they're trying to find their way out of it and still like maintain some sense of normalcy after it and end up saving the company and moving up the ladder and somehow becoming like executives, I guess. Okay. So side characters, I think like instead of like listing every side character, yeah. maybe we can each pick like a couple of favorites, like go around the horn. Oh, know? I'm going, I'm going first. Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say right there. If I got to be honest, man, Michael Keaton, baby. Michael Keaton is Ken. Don Rickles. Maybe, Mr. Yeah, Potato was, Head came in. Ned Beatty is Lotso. He's a really great, like I think That's the villains. villains. Yeah, you I was gotta gonna get say the villains in that category. I mean, <laughs> once again, you you got the classics, man. You really do, and they are pretty terrific. 
Joan Cusack has some really great scenes because um, she's usually known for the comedy, but she also has some really great like emotional beats in the movie that I really like. As compared to Monsters, Inc., I have to say it's more it's more just like carried by the villain, which we'll get to later, uh, played by uh, Steve Buscemi. And then Jennifer mm-hmm. Tilly comes in clutch as uh, <laughs> uh, Celia, as Mike's girlfriend. And oh, she, yeah. She is solid. She's adorable. I love her voice. Um, but I got to admit, it's just not as memorable a cast of side characters, whereas even in Toy um, Story 3, they I think you're forgetting really somebody tough. very important, Will. Well, I mean, yes, there's Boo. There's the baby. But, like, yeah. who's else? Come on. What? What do you mean, what else? Wazowski. Uh, well, I was going to get to her. I was going to get to Rods. But, I mean, like, if I'm counting on, like, two hands which i it's what i'm doing i i gotta admit toy story 3 to me just my personal opinion has more depth like if we're going like with a roster chart okay it has more depth and like more heartfelt moments with these side characters there's a lot of side characters yeah i mean i feel like i feel like you get more side characters with toy story 3 and because they're like toys it feels like the basis of their character is kind of built around some kind of gag or gimmick. Yeah, like where, even like with the monkey and the and yeah. the, Don't forget the, the, uh, the phone the, thing. Phone, the phone guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the phone. That one was fun. But with Monsters Inc., it felt like they were they they were a higher caliber, I guess, is the way like you they didn't were, have as many, but you didn't really need as many. Stereotypes, though, yeah, it was basically. that was the kind of gag with it is all the office well, I mean, Roz's whole thing with her voice and being behind yeah. the desk most of the time and then obviously the uh the punchline at the end of the film where you find out she's leading the i guess you call monsters the monster world equivalent of like an fbi or cdc the C- yeah the yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it's more agency. of a gag it's not character development it to me yeah. like start somewhere and end somewhere else as far as like character yeah growth. you're right um same thing with um what am I thinking of? Um, like I said, Celia kind of consistent there. She's just ever reliable, um, mm-hmm. kind of sticking with this guy who's ruining her life. But I mean, that's the thing. She's just really adorable and sticks with him through thick and thin. Well, I mean, realistically, I feel like it's Sully that's ruining her life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like yeah. more of a misunderstanding. And she yeah. gets she gets angry too easily with her snake hair. That's true. I, no, I'll go with that. Sully does ruin it. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, but I was just going to say, like, to me, at least with Toy Story 3, you have the bit with Jessie um, where she starts and where she ends up. Like I said, you know, her and Buzz kind of connect by the end. Whether we agree or not, that is an arc. She starts in one place, ends in another. So there is a beginning and an yeah. end there. Um, same well, thing yeah, I mean, with, all um, the toy characters definitely grow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's just more development from side characters to me. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Barbie even has a growth as a character, right? Because she was just a side character from Toy Story 2. And then because they integrate Ken, who also has his own arc, her, him and Barbie, sorry, like they have their own thing. And that's really adorable and cute. And I like that. Yeah. All right. Are we on to the next category? Yeah. Oh. Villains. Yeah, thanks, guys. I was able Villains. to persuade you. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Like, I agree with what we, 
we don't have to like vote on every category. We can. Just oh, okay. We're just like discussing. That's right. Because then we're going to vote on the movies. You're right. You're right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or no, I was wondering if we should vote on every category, but there's. I really mean, no point. Uh, we can just like say our points and then. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of just an open forum, and we just kind of talk yeah. our thing, and then let it all kind of mix up in there like a cockroach's. Uh, uh, what is it circulatory system yeah just a sloshy sack sloshy sack sloshy sack (laughs) all right yeah the villains is we're not going to count the whole entire villain team of uh yeah yeah we don't do that like all the toys in the butterfly room here's the bigger question though is randall or Waternoose the bigger villain in the movie randall is he i think so I feel like Randall turns out to be more of like the puppet and he's just like a kind of a butthurt kind of nerdy guy who turned into the bully he always hated. Yeah. Whereas Waternoose is the conniving kind of really bad manipulator, man. Well, to quote a book, Writing Movies for Fun and Profit, written by Robert Ben Garant and Thomas Lennon, who wrote uh, Reno 911. So to have a good villain, you have to have your villain and then they have to have a minion that is smarter than them and also like twice as evil as them, which I feel like case in point, Randall Boggs is definitely the more villainous of the two. Yeah. Sure. Like water noose at the end of the day, he's trying to, uh, he's, he's more like the vulture in Spider-Man. Strictly business. He's like a white collar villain. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the vulture. I don't even want to say that. He's like as white collar because it is him trying to, I guess he's more white collar than the vulture, Mm -hmm. but trying to save the factory in essence, save Monstropolis and their way of life by being able to get the energy that they need to keep the city running. And sometimes that means maybe you're fracking, maybe you're cutting (laughs) the side of a mountain. I know. Is this like, like an argument for like, fossil fuels versus clean energy i don't know honestly like it can't be harder to just make more solar panels or wind farms i believe you zach i believe you but again i don't know maybe there's some weird bullshit that we don't understand but still it frustrates me nope just oil companies and greedy bastards petitioning and lobbying and buying there are some states that create so much solar energy that they pay other states to take that solar energy so that their batteries don't explode exactly we would be totally fine right now Uh, i think it's like arizona yeah arizona like takes california's excess solar energy yep Anyway, but anyway, but wait, so we're not talking. We're not. Uh, we're not. We're talking, talking about, about the energy water crisis news of and, America. Uh, I I have to say once again, though, um, this is a bit even for me, and this is where this is where they cancel each other out because we're comparing the films. I also I think Water News is even though he's the overall villain, the one that we come to mm-hmm. sympathize with, empathize with, and actually can understand is Randall. No, because they don't give you too much backstory, but all of it is heavily implied. That Randall just was never like he didn't start off this way. It was clearly because he's he's been driven almost insane by the fact that Sully has all the success and we're ignoring the canon from Monsters University. I know. I'm that's what I'm saying. Like at the time seeing this movie, we didn't know that yet. So like I'm trying to act like we didn't actually see the sequel that was actually a prequel. But Mm. More importantly, is Randall just doesn't come across as purely evil. The way oh Buscemi my. voices him, 
it's I, more of like it's just coming from a place of like it's a really stupid cliche proverb but it's true it's like hurt people hurt people like people yeah. who are hurt tend to inflict all that on on other people yeah and he does have like a lot of anger in him right off the bat realize 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 right and then same thing with Lotso. Lotso is exactly the same. He was an abandoned toy who yeah. eventually like just turned into this evil toy who didn't want any toy to have a kid because he thought there's only one way it would end. And almost like in Lotso's mind, he's sparing these other toys from the pain of being abandoned like he was. He what thinks he's psycho. helping them like a service. Yeah. So, Will, when you're finished... I want to make my point that completely contradicts. Point. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I never know point. with you. Okay. Curly haired ginger fuck. Hey, I'm like three of those things. Exactly. Oh, you, you said three things. Okay. Well, anyway. I do two things I'm rapid fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> I completely disagree with you with the Randall water noose. I, I actually believe Randall is truly evil. But I guess it's open for debate if anybody is actually truly evil or if it's people doing bad things. But the fact that I assume that machine came from him and fungus. They don't really explain the origin of the machine. I have a feeling. I mean, they don't really seem like engineers. Well, I guess fungus. We don't know that. So I think like the whole entire plan is start. No, I think they implied that. That they came up with the idea, but Waternoose knew about it, and he knew that they would get more power from it, and he just let it go for business reasons. Well, yeah, it seemed so, like a skunkworks type deal. But I, I think that came from Fungus and Randall, and yeah. like Randall won the like you saw what that machine can do, like it almost killed his partner. Yeah. But like, imagine like how Boo would look after that. Like Boo would be dead. Like literally yeah, killing children. How would the human world react to children just going missing? Oh, God. exactly. I mean, that is pretty damn evil. I'm so, not saying. I'm not saying uh, I, Randall's like not but, more villainous. I'm just saying, as far as like, I guess you'd say like how they are story wise. I always felt yeah. like as evil as Randall was, I I could see how he got to be that evil. And it's the same thing with like Lotso. But if we're comparing, oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Randall's a way better villain, like more devious, more horrible. Like he, I the think the stakes are higher with Randall. Well, I think Waternoose is evil. Yeah. It's just I care. I put my company above everything else, so I'll do bad things to keep my company alive. Right. And that's. I mean, it's it's evil, but it's not. It's like a reactionary evil. It's like I'm gonna ignore all my ethics just to keep this company alive. So You're talking about are, as far as Waternoose. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's just basically like I don't care what happens. I just want to we'll be kidnap a thousand children. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he says it. Yeah, like it's just him and the company. Like he's a, I think he's like deep down a good person doing bad things. Yeah, and it's sad because we, I feel like at the beginning we like Water Noose. Yeah, you know, like from the get go, I like him as a character. I'm like, oh yeah, man, yeah. he's. Because he looks like scary at the beginning, and then he's like so nice and charming and charismatic. Yeah, and he just has this this like this energy about him, where he you you feel the love that he has for Sully and everything that Sully brings to the company, right? And to like being a champion scarer, he like treats him like a son or something. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, by the time we get to the big shift, right, or the big reveal, sorry, it it it's. 
it's earned and it's like, oh crap. But I mean, even though we find out he's the the big bad, I guess the overall like he's I guess you could say he's like the pocket to Randall's like knife, you know, he's like holding Randall <laughs> and what like is funding that phrase? He's like the pocket, man. He's holding the real evil in there. You know, you take the knife out the pocket and you cut somebody, but as long as it's in the pocket, it's just a, it's a knife what? in the pocket. Leave me alone. I've never is that a real phrase? No, I made it up today. Oh, okay. I think I run it in a Hallmark card. You're the pocket to my knife. Jesus. <laughs> that would be a that would be a card from Matt's uh, brother. You're a bullet to my holster. Anyway, um, <laughs> You are the wind beneath my wings. Yeah, pocket to my knife. <laughs> my point is, like, he's just he's just kind of there at the yeah. end, and to be like a big twist, like, oh, and then now the you know, obviously yeah. the the company is horrible, and and it all helps to to flush out like the big, I guess, emotional corporations are evil kids. After. Right, like kids' laughter is actually more powerful, so it kind of helps, you know, impress upon at least storytelling wise. Interesting that that's how Disney made all its money. Yeah, right, making kids laugh. Yeah, because think about it: the early Disney movies were scary and weird, and oh then God. they started making goofy movies that made people laugh, like yes. a goofy movie. <laughs> Damn it, Zach, you beat me to it. Okay, so I, I guess I would have to say Monsters Incorporated. Their villains yeah. are better. They're stronger villains by far. I feel I think, like I'm. I feel like I'm biased, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's a pretty decent tie because even though the stakes are higher, it doesn't mean he's yeah. a better villain. I just feel like I, he, he definitely is more horrible like wants to do more horrible shit i think the situation is really interesting with lotso but i don't think him as a villain is that interesting what he's awesome okay are you ready to talk about the plot he's a villain who smells like strawberries like most villains (laughs) that's how they lean you in it's like (laughs) it's like they say the devil will be handsome they said that hitler smelled like peaches Oh wow, we did it again. <laughs> Who said we that? I, I just did it right now. Okay. Oh. Have you Matt. ever even smelled Hitler? Have I? Yeah. Yes. Yay, everyone! We brought up Hitler when talking about Toy Story and Monsters Inc. <laughs> hey, we brought up Guantanamo Bay too. <laughs> That's true. All right, they said fair. it couldn't All right. be done. That <laughs> 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 it couldn't be done. And Edward Snowden, not to say that he's as bad as Hitler. Which, speaking of Snowden, Mike and Sully do get snowed in when they get banished to the Alps. Oh, snap. And then uh, uh, we can break down these. Yeah, we can like break these down as like broad as possible. Yeah. Yeah, well, hold on. We kind of already did that though with the characters because that's the beauty of Toy Story 3 and even Monsters Inc. I think us talking about the main characters basically breaks down the plot of each film. Toy Story 3 is more of like an amalgamation of different genres, like mainly just the escape movie, but then it also turns into like a really cool kind of action drama by the end with them all in the pit of fire about to be trash yeah. and then they get saved which is a really cool gimmick by the way like i love the the i mean i felt like it was kind of the t-rex in jurassic park yeah I think I said but I, in our first episode but it's such a great callback to the first movie though that i i it appreciated is. it's it. pretty good i appreciate yeah. it i love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what i mean like it's so great you they did a good job with that but if we're being honest again monsters inc to me has a stronger plot because it has stronger character development. The plot comes from the character's choices. Whereas with toy story three, 
I mean, shit just kind of happens to them, right? Because Andy's giving toys away, but he wants to keep Woody. And Woody mm-hmm. has to kind of make a choice to go back and save them. And they're just kind of dealing with the situation that's been handed to them. So you have characters that the plot kind of flows through. They're not so react reactionary to things happening to whereas they are very proactive in the story. Um, like I said, I mean, yes, you could say Sully stumbles across what Randall's doing, but also it's Sully making a decision at, you know, at a very crucial time where he's like, no, I got to get this kid back. And he kind of has affection for her. So like the plot drives from that. It all keeps going, going, going until we get the big reveal of the corporate cover up of like, you know, they're going to fucking suck the screams out of children with a giant ass machine. that will probably kill them. Will, can I right. make a point real quick about months? Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I know. I know. I tend to wax poetic. No, 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 no. Up. I'm just saying like real quick, I'll say it. And then you can like snowball off what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's just something I want to say. Like I, I watch monsters incorporated again for like the first time. I don't know, maybe like 10 years, but mm-hmm. I used to watch it a lot as a kid. And like something I noticed is like, I feel like it has everything in that movie. It's like a comedy yeah. at some point. It, it feels like it's a horror movie whenever Randall turns invisible and you don't know where he is. <laughs> and like, like the scene with I did, the bathroom got... when he's like banging stuff or maybe. Yeah. Do you, you know, guys ever like... see uh, the Kevin Bacon movie, hollow man? No, I got hollow man vibes at that end when he's like strangling Sully. So like you said, it's like a uh, horror movie and it's really yeah. freaky, dude. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Keep going, Matt. I like where you're going with this. But like, yeah, during the bathroom when he's like knocking all the doors and then yeah. also when he hears a noise and then he turns invisible and he's just like looking around and he's, he's, he's almost pulling like the ring raft looking for Frodo thing where he's like right <laughs> by him, but he stops no. looking <laughs> and then leaves. But yeah, they have that. And it's like almost like a political thriller where it feels yeah. like the firm where they're just trying to tear down a business that's nice. like corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. You get deeper and deeper in this conspiracy and then it feels like, which this is kind of my favorite type of movie is the, when you have people that are kind of thrown into a situation that's yes. well above their pay grade <laughs> and then they just have to kind of figure it out. Yes. And it always just it leads to just wacky, goofy situations, and how can you get the character out of that in the wackiest, just goofy way? Like when well, they when they come back into the building after the after the sushi restaurant thing, and then they're like, "Oh, it's fine. We just go. We get her door, and then it's fine." And then all of the CDA is basically has the factory on lockdown and are crawling around like roaches trying to examine everything yeah <laughs> well i was gonna say the beauty of monsters inc particularly when we're we're talking about like plot wise and matt and zach i'm gonna kind of bounce off both of your points because yeah. zach i'll go to yours first which was about like having these kind of regular people and then just kind of have to deal with these kind of extraordinary circumstances i have to give the edge to monsters inc because they do such a good job of showing you that Mike and Sully are very much like working stiffs, like going right yeah. to the wake up workout routine. And then the whole thing about walking to work, talking to your coworkers and you're talking to the clean guys that are like in the lobbies or adore you. But Sully doesn't really pay attention. Like he's a hero on the scare floor, but even like the mm-hmm. slow motion walk in, these guys are like really cool, but they're kind of like, I guess you could say like, famous astronauts and I, in a way, I guess. And it is yeah. cool to see that, but you know how like 
at least depicted in cinema, astronauts are seen as very like, once again, working class, hard workers, kind of like, you know, oh, yeah. You think of like any kind of depiction right now, even going back to like, what's the Ryan Gosling movie that came out? Uh, First Man, like mm-hmm. very much, you know, stick to the job, things like that. Do it for that. And so the film then endears you to them with this great sense of comedy, this this buddy report they have. They are literal best friends. And so they mm-hmm. test that throughout the movie. And to me, when you get to the big old corporate conspiracy of trying to steal kids screams and stuff, it is, it feels very much like these are just regular guys in this little monster world. They have yeah. set up. They're dealing with something that is way above them. Like at, at multiple times, Mike is very much just being like, dude, could we just put the kid back and act like we never saw shit? And we just go back and do what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in toy story three, it actually feels like, it's the great escape with toys. It's like a no. It's like it's like a Pixar Avengers style, baby. Like it's an action film where once the gang gets together, they are unstoppable. They're going to kick the shit out of Lotso and everybody and all the stuff. Now, obviously, it's not how the film climaxes or anything like that. That sounds a little dirty. Um, <laughs> I think because you made it dirty. Yeah, exactly. But you guys get the gist of it where get the gist of it. The, the issue is the proximity of the characters. They just need Woody to show up and everything's going to work out and everything like that. Well, these characters, Sully and Mike are together the whole fucking movie and shit hardly ever works yeah. out. They just kind of get lucky and it it's just different. You know, I mean, different stakes. Yeah. Toy Story but I mean, the dichotomy of those two characters where they are contrasting personalities. And I think that's what makes the situations so interesting and so fun because you have you have Mike as sort of your voice of reason and Sully the more let's just do this. I the the more kind of emotionally driven one. Yes. Yeah. Like Even though Sully... sometimes it seems like it's flipped. Yep. But yeah, to have Mike be like, this is such a stupid idea. Like the movie, I feel like calls itself out at the right moments. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, this isn't a good idea. And then to have that reveal, like when you have all the CDA well, I mean, in there. I guess what I'm breaking down is like, involving plot which one does which one sounds better a group of characters end up being um dropped off in an isolated area where the guy is keeping them hostage and then their friend breaks in to then break them out that is essentially the plot and then you have the plot of um monsters inc being two regular working guys discover a whole conspiracy after like you know the kid comes through a door i guess because i mean you know what i mean like the guys find out a secret and it unravels the entire company and you know they have to deal with the fallout they have to kind of go you know trust their wits and everything like that so it just depends on which film did their version of that better like whatever you know bare bones what which film did it and i think monsters inc excels more at doing that with better characterization and better relationship between the main characters. Whereas Toy Story 3, while it's still good, I love it. It's actually my favorite Toy Story movie. If I'm comparing it to Monsters, Inc., I just prefer Monsters, Inc. and what they did. I feel like Monsters, Inc. is a movie that I can just watch. Like, if I'm going to watch Toy Story 3, like, I feel like if I'm just going to pick a Toy Story movie to watch, I'll watch Toy Story 1. Because just all of the bits in there i feel like are so iconic at this point and i've probably seen the movie like 30 times yeah. <laughs> where the other ones i think i've seen like two or three times right. aside from four which i just saw once but it's just well i don't I, know 
I have to say, I do love, like I said, I love Toy Story 3 because of what it talks about, which is, mm-hmm. you know, growing up and learning to realize that, you know, kids are going to outgrow you. And there's no better place to put your main characters or at least your group of characters than in a spot where there's new kids every year. You know, you're in a daycare. There's like new kids all the time. And so it it's this weird kind of dichotomy where by the end they end up with Bonnie and you know they they realize they're going to be always going to be at least the movie sets it up they're always going to be somebody's special toy like some kid's special toys and it's a really sweet thing mm-hmm. um but like i said monsters inc to me just feels more i can connect more because i can relate more to right a working class person someone who's just like even though they're really good at their job they're still like a regular normal person who just goes to work punches in punches out does normal people shit and you know finds out this crazy thing like it's perfect i do i like it yeah it's very i feel like monsters inc is very close to the perfect movie Mm-hmm. i can see that yeah okay uh voice acting we don't want to like spend too much time on like uh voice acting i feel like that's a hard one to uh yeah because it's i feel like even. that's so so integrated with the characters yeah, I, I do yeah. think like the dynamic, like Billy Crystal and John Goodman are really mm-hmm. good together. But yeah, uh, and I uh, do really like Steve Buscemi as Randall. I can't yeah. believe that I didn't realize that it was Steve Buscemi until um, until we <laughs> recorded this episode. <laughs> yeah, at the I'm pretty sure that's how I was too. Yeah, I mean, which it's I mean, not just like a I testament don't know to who Steve Buscemi is. Yeah. But I mean, I definitely didn't know who Steve Buscemi is when I first watched this movie. I so think that I might have knew. just been a holdover. I mean, we were in like second grade when this movie came out. I think I knew it was Steve Buscemi. Well, Mr. I... Deeds came out like a year later. And he was Did it that. really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. Wow. Well, if we're comparing the voice acting, I do say, I agree, you guys, it's pretty much a wash because while Mr. Toy Story Deeds. 3 has more iconic characters and great voices behind them you know i don't think it's fair just because they have more that something that makes it better so i won't i won't go down that route i'll just say that it's pretty much a wash because yeah john goodman billy crystal steve buscemi james coburn jennifer tilly john ratzenberger frank oz um they're all really great they are they're just terrific and even though i mean these are top tier pixar casts yeah yeah i will say john ratzenberger versus john ratzenberger I do love uh, Jody Benson, who was the voice of Ariel in the original uh, Little Mermaid. Um, she's the voice of Barbie. I do love her Barbie oh. in this movie. She's terrific. She's like secretly an MVP. And she's yeah, just she is. So, yeah. All right. And your boy, Michael Keaton. Yeah, I've already Michael I've screamed Keaton. his name earlier, baby. I know this is how how the how the uh, our show started. Two minutes of you screaming, Michael Keaton. Yeah, clipping the audio. His audio was just like a forever, bar. forever iconic to this show. Um, I don't know if iconic. Right we can't compare animation between these movies because they were made in different eras. Where yeah, clearly- I, I think it holds up the Monsters Incorporated though. It does. Like it, it yeah, fine. I mean there are. I talked about this before, but there are like a few moments, like when you get a super close up on Waternoose's face, where you can sort of see some of the uh, some of the uh, the vertices. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, just looking at the hair on Sully, it still looks really good, and they always have him with that weird like edge light that just to kind of show off the fur. And yeah. I mean, for for the time, I mean, 
I remembered reading a newspaper article about this and how they uh something about how like each of Sully's the hairs on his body had to be individually animated. Yeah. And Ugh. I think this was probably before um before you had like real physics simulations and stuff, so all of that had to you had to like basically use visual references and then kind of animate based on that. Sort of like how they uh with the original Adat walkers from Empire Strikes Back. Right. They actually drew chalk on the bones of elephants or like where the rigging would be for elephants to see how they walked and where their joints were and then based the the imperial walker movements off of the elephants. Right, right. Uh, bone structure movement, which I thought was very interesting. So that's how like they actually rigged those models. But I'm not sure what they would have Well, was mocap a thing then? I, think I don't so. think so. They used a lot of reference videos for character movement, but I don't know how you would use reference beyond just maybe using different styles of fur. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I noticed that there's not Sully isn't covered in the same type of fur all throughout in the animation. If you notice on like the middle of his back, like about his shoulder blades, mm-hmm. in the middle there, there's a more thicker hairs and they're longer at the top. Whereas the rest yeah. of them is more of a bush. Like it's definitely like this tuft kind of like Labrador hair, but made thicker. And yeah. it, was, it was cool. But then like every time you'd run, that's the sequence of hair that you would see bouncing in the back. And it had so much mm-hmm. depth in the way the lighting they had on the way yeah. it caught light or that simulated light just made it feel like it had real kind of, I don't know. I felt like it was, that was like a softer patch of fur. And it was yeah. really cool to see. And in Monsters University, they up it even more and you can kind of see the, uh, the advancements from then. Yeah. I mean, yeah they yeah. all work like the wetness stuff looks a lot more wet in monsters university by comparison sweat from all the and i will say that uh the one person the one character visually that suffers from like hd stuff now is actually i think it's randall they didn't know how to simulate his skin like the scaly kind of stuff yeah it just doesn't hold up as well but it just doesn't matter like to me once again that falls into the category of like do you just appreciate good characters? Well, yeah, and I mean, it doesn't feel out of place in this world. I mean, right. at the end of the None day, of this is bad. still an animated film. It's stylized. Um, did you guys ever see the uh, like the early tests of these characters? I, I'd have to go back to like my Blu-ray copy that I have. Well, no, like I would say even just now, just look up like uh, Monsters, Inc. test images and you see the original character models. And like Mike looked really creepy. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, Mike like had like that. Six eyes at one point, which was weird. And then they had. Oh, I'm sorry, not Mike. Uh, Sully had like six eyes, and then Mike had like more of like wider feet with like pointier toes. Yeah. No hands. Uh, where's another one? They had one where Mike was purple, with big feet and longer arms and like thicker hands. Yeah. But just seeing where the progression, yeah, yeah, the progression from that and how archaic, like this looks like it was made ten years before Monsters Inc. When you right. look at these test things, which makes sense. I mean, who who even knows how early this, how how far the uh, the tests between these two things were? I mean, even when you look at Toy Story there was the earliest versions of that where Buzz Lightyear was like red and had a giant head and Woody looked like a bobblehead. And <laughs> it, it's 
it's interesting to to see the development process on that <laughs> i know that would be cool if we could actually get like a bigger documentary on how they did it but yeah moving on gentlemen yes. what's next what's Matt? this next category music slash score um, i think the monsters yeah, I really like the uh, the Monsters Inc. theme. I do too. Over Toy Story I, three, absolutely. I hum it all the time. Sometimes at the end of these episodes. Does Toy Story three even have like a Randy Newman song? Yeah, Randy Newman. Well, well so does Monsters Inc. No, I'm saying, do do they have like an original, or is it still you got a friend? I think so. Movie? No, I think so. They should have an original song. Yeah, Randy I think Newman they always, always have original an original song. I think the I, issue... it was up for an Oscar. That hit the original song in it. Where? Well, let's find out. Where, who, I remember. Movie, what movie are you talking about? When, uh, do, 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 um, Toy, Toy Story 3. Oh, really? Yeah, because I remember seeing it on the Oscars. Because Elton John that year was like, Madonna honestly doesn't have a fucking chance. And then best she won the Oscar. Music, original score, best. Yep, look right here. One best original song, If I Didn't Have You. No, we're talking about Toy Story 3. Oh, Monsters, Inc. won, though, that year for anybody who cares. Oh, wow. If I didn't have you won an Oscar, that makes me happy. I didn't know that. Oh, uh, We Belong Together won. We belong together. Is that actually the song, or did you? We belong together. Oh, that's how it is. That's a Randy Newman one. I think I've heard it once. Yeah, I don't remember it. Yeah. I don't know why they gave Randy Newman so many Oscars. I feel like we could go back and be like, um, are we sure about this, guys? Well, we don't know like what else well, was going Newman on Well, Randy didn't get year. one Oscar back in uh, 95. They, he lost that Oscar to a certain movie. What movie? Pocahontas. Oh. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking Pocahontas. Ugh. I need to watch that movie again. It's been too long. <laughs> you can watch it again. I'm fine. Anyway. We'll have a live action version of it in a year. Yeah, no, sure. I don't think we will. <laughs> in that day and age we live in? No. no that's true. We um, definitely will. skip right over music score because I don't know if these are Randy Newman's strongest work, but I will oh, say I do No, prefer. we got the... That's the opening credit. I never see the opening credit. And Grace and Jackson always get aggravated with me. I love that opening. It's awesome with all the doors and yeah, yeah. it's like my childhood right there. Yeah. yeah um, really uh, setting. I I really like this category. Yeah. So basically, we have the monster world versus uh, Andy's house and the daycare and the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder who wins that. Um, I setting. really like the monster world. It just feels so fun to me. No, I think I think we should be more specific and be honest. Like Toy Story three, it actually has really cool settings. What what they do with it yeah. creatively, like with them having, I think like the villainous toys have like a meeting up in top of a vending machine, mm-hmm. and you know barbie or i'm sorry ken having like his little getaway and like that whole thing with them like there's certain iconic looks to certain bits of the film that are great but so monsters yeah. in the the i guess you'd say like the big ass warehouse like whatever it is of doors that whole sequence that setting bar oh, none yeah down. That, one of the most thrilling that's one set of the coolest yes yeah. set pieces ever yeah like that's 
can't be touched. I actually really, really love it. Every time it's on, it's so exciting to watch. And the set design is amazing. Props mm-hmm. to them because it just looks so cool. So. so, Will, I think this is like another issue of Pixar movies. And when you have like smaller things like toys and ants, like small things to us are big things to them. So uh-huh. like Andy's house, Bonnie's house, the daycare and the dumpster. That's really all I can think of. What, four locations? But it's like a big deal to these toys. And with the Monsters Incorporated, it's like literally a different world. And you get Mm -hmm. to see the apartment, the street, the sushi restaurant. Most Mm -hmm. of the time, the factory, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, it's not the fault of the movie, but I I feel like it has to be the monsters. I mean, it is an interesting thing with Toy Story that we do get to see locations at a different scale and from a different perspective. Yeah, like the whole playground and the sandbox and stuff like that is really funny. Right. However, Monsters Inc. for that for that last like I said, the last what third of the movie mm-hmm. is just it's too good not oh. to give it the nod. Yeah, it's they good. even have the all the different locations they go to when they right. open the doors. I mean, yeah. yeah. That. Like get that the, gator. Oh my yeah. god, that I used to replay that and laugh so hard every time. <laughs> it's, it's so <laughs> awesome. Oh man, I love it. I, I no said in the gator got in the house. Another gator. Give me that shovel. <laughs> I, I I said this in the first episode, but I I want to restate it just because of how great that was. Just like the fact that that was like the scariest situation anybody can imagine, and they made a joke <laughs> out of it, and it like really helped me as a nine year old kid, like seeing that. Oh man, <laughs> the fact that like the scariest thing in the world just walked in, and then they're like, "Get that gator, look yeah. him up, good mama." Oh, Pixar, so Pixar, they like to do that. They like to make you scared of a villain for the whole movie, and then basically just nullify anything scary about them yeah, yeah and like boo wasn't even afraid of randall at the end yeah Boo is more badass than i'll ever be that's for sure <laughs> guys you're supposed to like say reoccurring things not silence no definitely that child well, no we agree with you. Badass than you yeah it's like no matt like you're so badass so what's our next category, Matt? Actually, I do want to state one thing about Monsters Incorporated that I noticed. Okay. Like rewatching it. Yeah. And this is kind of off topic, but I do want to say it. Isn't it weird how they go back and forth between like gross things and normal things? Like when they have the whole entire odorant scene. Like, oh, yeah. Like what? But that's not like a consistent thing throughout the movie. Well, because it's really just a bit, right? They're they're actually yeah. talking about like, I'm sorry, the odorant thing is literally just a bit like a joke thing for the for them to put in a scene where mm-hmm. the the important thing is he's got a date, they set it up, and then Sully's going to ruin that date. That's really all it is. It's, yeah, but, but- that, how do you say it? Like, um, when they asked Quentin Tarantino, "Why the hell did you have your characters in Reservoir Dogs talking about?" shit that doesn't matter like a virgin with all that stuff when you're talking about madonna he's like because that's what normal people do in a situation they don't just talk about the plot your characters don't talk about the plot they talk about dumb shit so no my whole entire thing is they're trying to make gross things good like you smell like wet dog that's a good thing but wouldn't roz be like an attractive person 
if bad uh, things are good and good things are bad. Thing I feel like I feel like maybe there were originally more of those and then they got cut for time or something. Yeah, uh, probably. Like, it, it's, it's, just it's either you go man. you go all in or you yeah. just drop Matt, it. just say that you want to fuck Roz. It's fine, dude. You want to smash them guts. <laughs> Damn it. Will Let us all know. 12 people that listen to this. Oh, that's probably what it is. Matt that, just no. wants us to know that he definitely would uh do some some nastiness. He'd get up in that WAP for Roz. Every day, wake up, wow. go to oh, go to Pornhub, type Roz Monsters Incorporated, nothing, and then I'm just sad for the rest of the day. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if you actually look hard enough. No, I, I have it. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll transition might, to our emotional response it, to the film. <laughs> it, it might entice me. Horniness, seeing Roz. That's my emotional response. <laughs> oh, Man, why can't we ever just do like a normal episode? <laughs> boner. That's my emotional response. Oh, <laughs> uh, Matt, your note was just boner. <laughs> That's my emotional response. Okay. Oh, um, Matt's in a test screen. Well, anyway, so emotional response for these poems. Just I feel boner. like Toy Story. I feel 3. like I want to go further in the joke. <laughs> I'm like no, trying to I stop talk. myself. Let Zach talk. Hold on. No. So Toy Story 3, I definitely remember like hitting me hard when I watched it because it was probably like, yeah, I was like at that phase in my life where everything was kind of changing and all that, blah, 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 whatever. And um, yeah, so it hit me really hard. And I think that's probably part of why I never like really watched it again. I just watched it like the one time and then I was like, okay, I saw it. Now I'm done. Uh, But Monsters, Inc., it's easy to just watch and just be there and ride with the characters and i felt like that like when i rewatched it a while back um for the first episode we did of this and then again for um when we did monsters you because i just really like it Um, i still felt this like it still felt like this movie hits you you know no I, i i i get you I have to give more of the edge to Monsters, Inc. for that ending. Monsters, mm-hmm. Inc., I already oh, talked about it, you guys. Yes. But that ending, to me, had a much deeper cut. Like, And it wasn't when I first saw it. I can't I can't go off of like first reactions to either film because I don't even think I remember my first reaction to either one of them. But I can say that watching them recently, Toy Story 3, I watched a couple of years ago, and it's got a nice ending, and I really think it's sweet for the characters. And it really made me feel wholesome and good. Like it's really sweet. Monsters Inc. Though, um, or yeah, Toy Story three had that ending. But Monsters Inc. I don't know. I, I, I tell this all the time, and it's true. And everyone just kind of laughs it off. They're like, Ah, will whatever. You got soft because you had kids. I'm like, I don't know if it's that. It's just ever since I've had my kids in my life, I do tend to overreact to themes of parenting or like themes of like falling in love with someone you know, and realizing that you're responsible for them. Like you are really like this little person. You don't, you just don't realize how much of an impact they make. You feel like a better person. They make Mm -hmm. you feel like you're a better version of yourself. And all in that moment is what I came to watching the end of monsters Inc was Sully. Just, he just, you know, felt really fucking cool. He, he didn't have to scare boo anymore. Boo wasn't scared of him. And it was like a different kind of thing that he never known. He never had a child who like 
loved him and just wanted to be around him was never terrified him in any situation. And, you know, that scene where he, he does make her scared, it breaks his heart. It ruins him. Mm-hmm. And he does everything he can to get back to her and make it right. And I, I can relate to that, man. Anybody who's, you know, been a parent or just has a little person in their life, you worry that that little person is going to see something ugly inside of you. And you're going to have to be like, look, you know, I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm sorry. And it's just, I can relate to all those things. I really can. And I love it. I do. Monsters Inc. definitely has a stronger emotional response for me. Yeah, I agree. Like, especially everybody looks at the last scene and that is like an emotional scene, but rewatching the movie, I think like the scene where like he says goodbye and like brings Boo like back to her room and like Boo just like wants to play with him the whole entire time, like grabbing random toys. It's just so cute. And then when, when Sully leaves and then he like, she opens the door and goes, boo, nobody's there. Shuts the door. Boo. Nobody's there. Like that scene is like oh, heartbreaking. Yes. Is that such a kid thing to do? Like when they like, when they like you and they will just hand you random toys and then run away. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. You're absolutely right, Matt. Just, it's, I don't even think we should say anything else. Matt, you did it perfect. (laughs) Uh, Cultural impact. This one's like a tough question because like Monsters Incorporated kind of drives the cultural impact of like the Monsters like franchise. While uh, Toy Story 3 is is basically like the third. So it's like hard to say how much it contributed. I feel like Monsters Inc. is a reflection (laughs) of our time yeah yeah i feel like it it plays a lot more to the current uh the current global landscape i just don't know if it had that impact though i will say this toy story 3 beats it out the water as far as box office but i think that has a lot to do with what you guys were talking about like um i'm sorry matt what you brought up with it being you know the third in a series and it was definitely hyped up so and I mean, Toy Story is what made Pixar. This also yeah. could be, I'm just like spitballing. I could be completely wrong, but I think uh, Monsters Incorporated still technically like a post 9-11 movie. And I'm wondering if like box office was were bad back then. Oh, it like came out oh, no, early November, like less than two months after 9-11. So. Well, also, are we accounting for inflation? No, no, don't do that. Because then we already know that monsters. Because then we get an accurate. Uh... I mean, that's and then Gone Gone with the Wind is like the most highest box office movie with them. Okay, here we go. Worldwide, according to Box Office Mojo, Monsters Inc. made five hundred twenty-eight million dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm just million seven hundred seventy whatever blah blah blah. ignore everything i just wanted to mention guantanamo bay 9-11 and hitler in one podcast so there you go and then hold on i know toy story 3 made over a billion which is outrageous for an animated movie but it's like 1.6 yeah Yeah. 1.06 yep that makes sense fucking insane dude well like cultural impact i know i think like we could probably talk about the rides I know there's a Toy Story Land and Hollywood oh. Studios. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I think we should just go ahead and say that anything with the title Toy Story on it is just going to have a stronger cultural impact because everyone knows that brand. Whereas yeah. Monsters, Inc., I mean, it, it's definitely better artistic merit if we're talking Toy Story 3 versus yeah. Monsters, Inc., but cultural impact, Toy Story 3. Yeah, this is where we need the Cars well, franchise. Uh, I feel Talk like... About cultural impact. I feel, uh, I feel like Monsters, Inc. has a bigger cultural impact. Than well, Toy Story three specifically. Toy yeah, Story, yeah, that's the tough. That's the tough. Has a bigger uh, cultural impact than Monsters Inc. But Toy Story I three, because think... that's just a. Uh, I feel like at that point it's just something underneath the Toy Story umbrella. You might be right. I mean, well, it's so hard to gauge. Like I don't know. To we me, have to have like a poll, a poll. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll get five thirty-eight <laughs> on it. We should do Google <laughs> Trends just to piss oh, off. That. Oh my God! Google Trends. Google Trends. Let's bring we, it back for the like first a, round. We need like a theme song for Google Trends whenever it shows up. Okay. I'll Google create it. This is really work. stupid. It doesn't mean anything. See? No, I, I think it does mean something for cultural impact, though. But it's yeah. also cultural impact as of today, which isn't really relevant to. I don't know. It's Huff- Monsters it's- Incorporated 2001-001 film. Oh, wow. It actually spiked uh, August 9th through 15th. Mm. Maybe that was when they announced that it was coming back. When did, how did, how did they just sneak this in, by the way? I think it also got a lot of a push because of the COVID stuff. Everyone thought of 2319. What are you <laughs> talking like, about with the... when it was coming back, when what was coming back? Well, because like it's in theaters now, apparently. Well, I think they're just like showing random movies. Like they if you are. look at local oh, theaters. Oh, because of COVID? Yeah, yeah, they're just trying to get people to come back. Oh. Like, hey, we'll play this classic movie. You only have to pay like $2 or something. Like it's, like it's almost sad, like looking at theaters, like like saying like, hey. It is come. sad. I wish that also, they would. People also ask, are Mike and Sully a couple? No. <laughs> well, that's that's Mike one of the top asked questions hetero on life mate. Google. <laughs> that's a couple. Who is Sully's Even dad? I mean, maybe Sully, like, is Sully, like, doesn't have a romantic interest? He's just married to work, I guess. He's just completely asexual, apparently. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, Monsters, Inc., let's compare it to Toy Story 3. Wow. Monsters, Inc. blows it out of the water. Again, that's probably Toy Story 3 and people just search Toy Story, but we'll just say well, that. Well, okay, let's That add question Toy doesn't Story. really mean anything. It's just like a discussion point where we just wonder. And it doesn't really mean anything, especially for a sequel. It's really hard to gauge. Yeah, so Toy Story, honestly, Toy Story is only marginally above uh, Monsters, Inc. Oh. Hmm. Like Toy Story overall. It's like it's like the thing where if you're splitting your votes with like Ross Perot, then it drives you down, sort of thing. Oh, do we have any other categories, man? Ralph Nader. No, that's oh, it. No, baby. that's it. Well, that's it. This has I, been. Uh, we haven't movies. voted yet. Oh, um, I'll go first. I'm gonna vote Monsters Incorporated. 
Ooh, Matt. I'm Monsters go. Incorporated. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going Monsters Incorporated. Have to. You yeah. know what's funny, uh, Will? I'm just like thinking about our votes last time. You voted for Toy Story 3 and you voted for Monsters Incorporated in the next round. I I voted for Toy Story 3 and Aladdin. And then Zach voted for Hercules and Monsters Incorporated. So you're like the only one who's been consistent with the winner. <laughs> Wait, for um, every episode? Not every episode. Not every episode. Or not else, Toy Story. Yeah. Or, yeah. Not fucking Pocahontas. Well, I mean, uh, that one was kind of a wash anyway. Realistically, Monsters U should have beaten Beauty and the Beast. Oh, God. Oh, Lose yeah. all credibility. <laughs> no, we lost credibility when Pocahontas made it out of yeah. that fucking first it's round. It's like the most controversial. Like it's just like the little bit of controversy that oh, keeps people boy. I talking. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to trash that movie again. I'm so excited. Or Bing Bong. <laughs> Bing Poor Bong Bing never Bong. made it to the moon and never made it to the second round. <laughs> because well, uh... Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Great Movie Showdown. Just a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter for uh, uh, marginal updates on the we show. We might pay <laughs> yeah. desperate. On uh, Great Movie Showdown on Twitter. And uh, tweet at us. Tell us you like the show. Tell us you hate the show. Tell us uh, we should feel sad. And uh, yeah, we're back. We're going to have weekly episodes again. Uh, but thank you so much. Uh, we hope that you're staying safe. And uh, Matt, you want to tell us what the next round's going to be? This is a big round. This is, is like, we should honestly make this round like pay per listen. Like, that's is, how big it is. You want to add a paywall for that episode? Like, that's how big it is. It feels like a like a UFC fight. Where what is it? This that? is like the headliner Coco versus Ratatouille. Oh, oh wow. shit. That is pretty yeah. big. Oh, God. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, because now we've got actual Pixar movies facing off against each other. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. So, I feel like these rounds are going to get more interesting. Yes! All right. Are you, what are you well, trying to anyway. say? Like, our rounds before weren't interesting? Oh, my God, Matt. It's not what he's saying. He's just saying it's going to get oh, really uh, nitty. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, never mind. It's I'm escalating, sorry, Matt. You don't want to start. You don't. You don't want to start with the the most good stuff first. <laughs> so anyway, what about this? Uh, like these thirty thousand people that are out of work now from Disney that were just laid off. All the Why are we talking about this? Because we're because Disney's full of billionaires and millionaires yeah. who can take pay cuts to let these people still have their jobs or at least be paid to do something or if not. Just pay them because you know it's the right thing to do. There you go. That's a good way to end this podcast. Well, I mean, if they did, Josh Gad is going to pay him. Yeah, I'm sure he would. I mean, I'm sure Disney would probably go under if they just didn't fire him. I have a feeling Disney would be just fine, but I don't know. I mean, they're not releasing movies. They're, I mean, Monsters Inc. is in theaters again. Yeah. They're pulling the whole Nintendo of just releasing the same game five years later. I think. They'll be just fine because they've already adapted. They have Disney Plus going. 
they can also release any kind of products they want on said Disney Plus to go ahead and upcharge anyone. And with oh, the Mandalorian season far, two in like two days, actually, no, technically tonight. right now. Yeah. <gasps> so get off this podcast and go oh, listen to man. it. Oh man! All right. Bye. This has been a nice throw production. Nice throw, Matt.